Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. reading obituaries and looking for things to buy. That is despicable. I stated that over the, the course of, of Christmas, I'm going to be in Florida for a couple days. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Visiting family. My, my mother-in-law, my, my parents, who, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed and thankful that they're alive. It's been a rough couple of years. A rough couple of years for everybody. Um... And so uh, they moved to the villages where I'm pretty sure I have to warn them about sexually transmitted diseases. I'm concerned. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, with Diane, you never know. You never. Oh, I'm going to get emails. I'm either going to get an email or a phone call. I don't know. Uh, And so I'm going down there. And so my family had asked, what are the odds that you end up driving back with a new car? You buy something while you're down there. I said, with me, the odds are 50-50. It's always 50-50. I'm constantly doing this thing. And so somebody said uh, that it's wrong for me to be searching the obituaries. Called me a ghoul. Searching the obituaries, looking for deals. That is not what I'm doing. I'm on Facebook Marketplace. For the love of the Lord. That was just so cruel. That was, that was rude. That is not what I'm doing. Dang it. That's ugly. That is ugly. But I, the, the odds of me getting something, I, 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 would, I would say that it's there. I would say that it's, it's there. I'm not searching obituaries. You people are gross. Then there was this. It's a report from uh, a group called Zumper, Z-U-M-P-E-R. Don't claim to have an expertise on Zumpers. They analyzed 100 cities and rent rolls. How much it costs to rent. Over the last year, 55 of these 100 cities have seen rent prices decrease, and they predict that rent prices will keep softening through the first half of 2024. I, uh, I find this to be an interesting number. The idea that, you know, we, we, we've seen, of course, interest rates come down over the last week, uh, things under 7%, which I assume would start creating a lot of uh, buying opportunity. But there isn't a lot of inventory out there. The housing prices have been high. So now there's going to be more competition for, for those homes. And I expect that uh, to remain high. We have seen that the average monthly rental payment in the United States is just under $2,000. I think it's $1,992. While the average home payment, not down payment, but monthly home payment is $3,322, which means more renting. Less home buying. So we're seeing interest rates go down, but now I'm going to take a look at this report and say, we'll see even more rentals. So is that the way one builds an economy? Is this, is this better that we have more renting? Or does this go to uh, part of a, a cultural clash 
where home ownership is not the end all be all anymore. It's not. It, there's there's not a value to to that uh, culturally and, and maybe economically. You know the idea of paying off your mortgage and then having the uh, mortgage burning party. You know, where where does this happen anymore? Where where is this value? So I'm curious about this number. Phoenix, Austin, Orlando have seen one bedroom rents drop between five and eleven percent. Phoenix, Austin, Orlando. You mean warm places where people are. Uh, supposed to be moving to it, it's it's an interesting bit of, bit of data and, and i'm going to be digging in on it hopefully i'll be able to expound on this on tony Katz today at noon um why are these rentals going down what does it actually say about the economy overall we will discuss tony Katz, 93 wibc good morning whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The story is growing about Indiana looking at these Advanced manufacturing projects. This is $7.2 billion worth of projects. But the story here is not that Indiana's trying to court the business. I want Indiana to court the business. The story is that the IEDC, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, is looking for approval from a fund that already exists to spend $180 million in performance-based incentives, as the reporting goes, to get them here. We discussed this last week. This story is only growing, and I think it's all because of the questions regarding the Leap District in Lebanon. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter, at IIB, at Gary Dick, personally, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick, on the Twitter box. So, so we got into this last week a little bit. Let's start with an update. What is the story here? What are these projects? And where is this $180 million in relationship to the ask versus the actual quote-unquote spend? Yeah, Tony, the, uh, and Peter Blanchard, the, uh, the IBJ, had this story last week in terms of, as you mentioned, $180 million uh, from a fund that was created by the Indiana General Assembly, a $500 million fund, to do just this, to try to attract uh, new companies, new business to uh, Indiana. Two separate projects, unnamed companies, $100 million in incentives uh, to lure uh, a company that plans to invest $4.1 billion, create 2,700 jobs, according to the IEDC, another $80 million in incentives for a company looking to invest $3.1 billion uh, and create 800 jobs. So, that will and that will go before a, uh, a legislative committee tomorrow to get the okay for that, uh, and then where those projects will, will go certainly the Leap District in Boone County, which has received more than its share of attention uh, for uh, issues related to water, uh, is one of the locations said to be targeted for uh, investment. The other unclear at this point. But the the hundred and eighty million. This is where yep. people are asking questions. There's this fund 
that exists to be able to to be utilized to attract these kinds of major players, large scale jobs and, and, and opportunities. The incentive package, has there been a maybe a fleshing out of what that means when we talk about the IEDC offering up incentives? What can you define what that looks like? Yeah, and that will come, and I, I, I would think we would get more details uh, perhaps tomorrow as they, they go before uh, this group for for approval. But it can mean, you know, a number of things. Land acquisition, I think, is is one certainly that uh, that is in play here. They're going to be acquiring land uh, at these locations, including the LEAP uh, district. But, uh, you know, these incentives can range uh, and can uh, certainly vary, and the Indiana Economic Development Corporation makes the point that these are "quote unquote" incentive-based. So, if the projected investment or jobs that don't come to pass, the company would not get the uh, would not get the incentives. Uh, and you know, the incentives game you can you can debate that back and forth. Uh, is it needed? Is it important? Uh, it it obviously is at play. And I think you and I talked last week about the uh, uh, Stellantis Samsung SDI deal in Kokomo. That uh, Indiana won that competition. Uh, they're going to build two plants up there. Massive investment there. And actually, the state of Michigan offered multiple times the size of the incentive package, and they didn't get it. So companies, uh, it is a competitive game. Companies, uh, or I should say states and regions around the country, uh, are certainly in it in a big way. Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. Uh, the, so much of this is um, – getting i think more attention because of the oddness of leap this 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 thing happening in in Lebanon where land was acquired and and were the people of Lebanon Whitestown those areas were they really notified did they have a chance to to purchase the the, the land and then of course this idea about bringing in water and and you'll hear people say we've got a lot of water even uh, Brad Chambers a gubernatorial candidate has jumped in on, on this conversation i think because of his days at IEDC and maybe being a part of of, of how some of these deals have come forward but people are saying you're going to move water from Tippecanoe uh to to down in Lebanon. And what about other development in, in, in other places? Is there a feeling statewide that the growth opportunities of Indiana or, or the desires to grow are happening at the at the detriment of, of the people of Hoosiers? Or is there a feeling amongst business leaders that very often people complain about the thing but don't understand the value of, of the thing? Which way is this going? You know, it, it's a great debate, a great question, uh, and I think you could look at it, uh, you know, uh, in terms of a little bit of both, uh, uh, in terms of, uh, it, it, you know, the old the old NIMBY, not in my backyard uh, element that perhaps is a piece of that. But there's also, you know, legitimate concerns when you're talking about piping substantial amounts uh, of water from one area to another to fuel economic uh, economic development. The LEAP district, that model, if you will, uh, I think is, is very interesting. The whole idea is to acquire land and then attract advanced industries, like-minded in- industries, growing industries, uh, and create a, a hub of sorts of innovation, technology, uh, jobs, investment, those types of things. The LEAP is the first example. I think there are other areas around the state being looked at as potential uh, districts, innovation districts, if you will, will. So it's part of a of a strategy on the part of the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. And if you look, 
this this water issue notwithstanding has continued to be continuing to be studied and actually we're seeing some uh, uh folks in the western part of the state in Terre Haute the Wabash Valley and things looking at what's happening in Lafayette the concerns there and wondering about uh water supply and economic development in that part of the state as well so I think you're going to continue to see or I, I should say the uh I- initial returns uh in terms of the investment and the interest in the LEAP is, is very high. Lilly putting its largest investment ever uh, at the LEAP district, multiple billions of dollars and several hundred jobs there as well. So it's an issue that's going to be with us, uh, you know, I think for some time. And certainly it's going to be an issue of the gubernatorial campaign, I, I, I anticipate, uh, next year. And going to be a harder issue for people like Suzanne Crouch, who's the current lieutenant governor, than some people who are on the outside. That's just political reality. Talking to Gary Dick inside IndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. These kinds of projects, is, is this the future of Indiana? Meaning, should other areas be taking a look at what's going on with this leap thing, whether they be in, in, in the Muncie area or, or they be down in, in Bloomington, down in Jeffersonville, or, or other areas and saying, uh, the state might be trying something like this where we are. Like, and, and are they excited about this or do they see this as a potential issue? Yeah, I think, again, I think it's a mix. You know, I think there are, are uh, you know, communities and regions around the state that perhaps haven't participated in the economic development success saying, hey, what about us? You know, we'd, we'd like to get an investment. We'd like to, to have something like this uh, in our region. And at the same time, there are those who are concerned about the infrastructure, be it water roads, traffic, all the things that go uh, with major development. Uh, you know, concerns about that uh, as well. And one of the big uh, focus areas, Tony, you and I have talked about it. How does the rest of the state, how does rural Indiana and smaller communities benefit uh, or get in on this economic development game? We're beginning to see, you know, some big investment. New Carlisle up in the South Bend area getting a big General Motors uh, joint venture plant, several billion dollars up there, EV battery uh, plant in that region. Terre Haute getting a big uh, EV components the investment there too, beginning to see more investment outside of metro areas, if you will, around the state of Indiana. So with that comes jobs, the need for workforce training, all those things that you and I have talked a lot about uh, the past uh, number of months. And those are going to be front and center, certainly in 2024, but I think for some time to come. Gary Dick, inside IndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. I appreciate you taking the time. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you, Philip, on the news. Presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC. The Absolute Wealth Management Retirement Planning Show. Sundays, 9 a.m. WIBC and WIBC.com. The Dow futures are up 56. The NASDAQ futures are up 22. British Petroleum pausing Red Sea shipments because the attacks from the Houthi rebels who are supported by Iran, they are continuing. You've got um, people saying you're going to start seeing in, in in, here's one of the quotes, some fairly seismic activity, unquote, in terms of the implications for supply chains. You've got a series of ships that, that will not uh, bring bring the oil through now because Iran is engaged in a, in a war against, well, everybody, 
and nobody's doing anything about it. I want to be clear that the United States is doing nothing uh, about this. Responding to, to, to missile attacks by shooting down missiles, I understand. But nothing. And this is only going to grow. We don't understand that we're at war with Iran, okay? Uh, I understand it. I think you understand it. And how about maybe seeing it differently? We're not at war with Iran. Iran is at war with us, and they have been for years. And now they're using the Houthi rebels who they've been involved in a proxy war with, with Saudi Arabia in Yemen. They're now utilizing this on us. What's our plan? What's our plan? Then there's this story. I am so curious to see how regulators see this, how members of Congress see this, I'm curious to see how the Pennsylvania delegation sees this. And certainly there should be an Indiana connection. Nippon Steel, we're talking about out of Japan, saying it will buy U.S. steel in a deal valued at approximately $15 billion. 14.9. U.S. steel shares going up about 28% in the pre-market. Off the, uh, uh, the the offer price of fifty five right now in the pre market they were a little over fifty dollars a share. I'm not here to tell you how to invest at all, and I full disclosure I own no no shares in U.S. Steel at all. Um, I don't know how lawmakers are going to see this. I don't know how Pennsylvania is um, going to see this, but they do own Nippon Steel owns other. Entities in the U.S., like, for example, Standard Steel, which is a union company. It's a union shop already. Um, There are also uh, uh, operations they own in in Alabama, which are outside of steel, but in uh, in other pieces, in other places. I don't know. I find this to be fascinating because this is, it's Japan, and my worries about Japan, not great. In, in terms of whether or not they're an ally and, and a friend. Sometimes it takes an ass-kicking to make a friend. I have no question whether or not Japan is, is a friend. Um, but there's still something odd about the U.S. not owning its own steel production. So uh, a story I'm going to be watching. To the idea that I think it affects markets, I wouldn't know. That would be, that would be total speculation on my part. I just think, I just, maybe I'm seeing it wrong. And there are mergers all the times and, and purchases all the times. Maybe it's just the idea of U.S. Steel. I mean, it's Godfather. It's Godfather too. We're bigger than U.S. Steel. Like, it's this, it's, it's, it's like a feeling thing that maybe doesn't exist anymore. Maybe it's just an old school thought. And no one's going to worry about whether or not the United States actually owns U.S. Steel. Somewhere, though, somewhere it, 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 it moves me. By the way, um, U.S. Steel employs 22,740 people, including, as uh, uh, Selena Zito points out, 3,700 people in southwest uh, Pennsylvania. So maybe I'm I'm seeing it right, but maybe I got to explain it a little bit better. Maybe it will have no effect and thought on really the rest of the nation. Maybe it has a tremendous impact in Pennsylvania in terms of how they view themselves. The Steelers, this is, this is a huge part of their, their feel. I'm curious to see 
what it is, a Congressman Connor Lamb, Democrat, uh, Senator John Fetterman. Uh, what, what do these people have to say about this? How does this affect uh, the Senate race and, and the, uh, the, the, the seat currently held by Senator Casey? Just in the back of your head, keep this one there. I, think, I don't know if this is more psychological than it is uh, financially problematic, but keep it in your head either way. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. So you've got a staffer for Senator Ben Cardin, Democrat out of Maryland, who decides he is going to videotape himself having sex in a Senate hearing room. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. With another man. And then, after the video is out, has the audacity to say, I'm a victim. You're not a victim, and you're probably going to go to jail, and I only hope that you do. Um, the story here is the total lack of standards. The lack of, well, anything. It would be one thing, and, and please, please keep this in mind, that we should not be so foolhardy to think that in the halls of Congress, some people haven't, um, um, they haven't, uh, how do I, how do I uh, say this, uh, that they, uh, they, they have not, um, yes, 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 yes. That's probably how to, how to say that. Of course they have. My gosh, all we need are the stories of, of, of John Kennedy, of President Kennedy, to, to, to know this. Things have happened, people. Life is real. Videotaping it is something else. Videotaping it and then sharing with us that somehow you're the victim of the evil right wing. I mean, this is how NBC put it. If you want to know why people don't trust media... This is how NBC put the story in their headline. Senate staffer alleged by conservative outlets to have had sex in a hearing room is no longer employed. There's a video. There's no allegation. There is only facts. Why would NBC say alleged? It's because NBC News sucks. They're not in the news business. They're in the propaganda narrative business. NBC News is terrible. Do you hear that, WTHR? Terrible. Now, you're not responsible for this, THR, but if you're engaged in their stories, remember, they're not giving you story. They're giving you narrative, and it's your job as local actual news people to say, we're not going to report it that way because that's garbage. Because it is. It's garbage. There's no allegation here. There is only fact. This guy's not a victim. This guy is a scumbag, a jerk, a loser, who in every way sees himself a victim. You don't understand. I understand. You're an egomaniacal piece of garbage. Let me tell you, I actually had to check myself there to make sure I was using language that was appropriate for radio because I was not interested in using language appropriate uh, for, for, for radio. 
because that somebody would do something improper in a Senate hearing room, I, I would I would expect in 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 the pantheon of of world events. To videotape it means you're an egomaniac. To leak it means that you are an egomaniac. And then to claim that you're a victim means that you're a progressive. It is what it is what it is. These people are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, Possibly equally ridiculous. This, well, well, I shouldn't say equally. No, I apologize. Nowhere near equally ridiculous. There was a a conference over the weekend, uh, Turning Point USA people. Um, and this was Trump's lawyer speaking at the, the, the conference. I'm only asking whether or not you see this as something energizing. Look at the boxes hoax. I call it the boxes hoax. That is the president. Mar-a-Lago raid. The president, sitting president, has something called the Presidential Records Act. He can take documents, he can declassify them, and he can take them where he wants and move them. You know who can't? Joe Biden, because he wasn't president when he took his boxes in six different locations, in Chinatown, in his car next to his son who's doing God knows what with God knows who. But that is what they do. They hide what they've done by going after Trump. Look at the shiny ball, everybody. Don't look at us. Well, they've got one year. And then we're going to be looking at them. Deep and hard. And I'll tell you right now, if I'm in Washington, I'll be relentless, too. If I'm in Washington, I'll be relentless, too, I thought was a... An interesting uh, conversation. Um, I think that that kind of talk, when we get back in power, we're going to take a look at these people, these terrible people, these bigoted people, these hateful people, these people who lie, and we are going to engage in retribution. The left talks about this saying, my gosh, they're, they're only about the retribution. And I think a lot of people on the political right are like, yeah, how else are you lefties going to learn? You go after people, you attack people, you destroy people. You don't worry about what you do. You lie. You claim uh, that only they're doing it when clearly you're doing it. Of course, you're engaged in retribution. What do you think all the indictments coming at the same time are about regarding President Trump? I just don't know if it, I don't know if it moves people. Did that commentary uh, from, from Alina Haba, that is her name, Alina Haba, H-A-B-B-A is her last name, Trump's lawyer. Does that move people? Does that grab people? Does it, or is it just filler? It's kind of talk. No one's actually worried about it. I, I don't. I don't know. But maybe, maybe the bigger question is: Is this what's wanted from a Trump presidency? Is you, you may not like the idea of retribution, but is this really the move? The left has to learn they can't get away with this stuff. This abuse, this hate, this viciousness. And they have to learn, and that's the only way things are going to get better. Is that the thing that's really moving people? Because that could explain polling. I will discuss it on Tony Katz today at noon. Kendall and Casey are up next. 